Hello everybody, this is David opposing the Matrix. How are you this evening, or I should say this morning as it's 1300 hours or 1 o'clock in the morning on the 15th of July? Um, why am I doing a show this late? Good question. Reason is that um, at my age, <laughs> when I remember something, I got to do it or else I'll forget it. I might forget some intrinsic uh, key points that I wanted to bring up, uh, and um, I don't want to do that where this is concerned because, frankly, I'm fed up with something and I want to I want to address it. Okay, so let me uh, just make sure that my levels are all up to where they're supposed to be, and it appears that they are. Okay, um, this whole COVID-19 thing. I'm not denying that there's something out there. I'm denying that it's probably a virus. It's probably something else. It's probably a bacterial um, and uh, protozoal hybrid that's out there. Um, anyway, but, you know, the, the powers that be, the politicians and the uh, pseudoscientists are out there saying that it's a virus. So let's just operate under that assumption for a little while. Okay. All right. So. Um, I've had a few encounters with people and I don't like stupidity. <laughs> I hate stupidity. I, I hate it. You know, I do stupid things too. So I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm not immune from stupidity, but I don't like it when, when people don't think for themselves. I can't stand it when people can't think for themselves to tell you the truth. And that's what I see happening with this virus thing, this COVID-19 or whatever it is. And I, I thought that Americans were smarter than this. When I was, um, well, in the 70s, even in the 60s, when I was uh, a young pup, I uh, there was a phrase that went around that said, trust no one. Uh, there was another one that said, don't trust anybody over 30. And now um, I've revised that to don't trust anybody under 40. <laughs> um, not not totally, okay, but uh, for the most part, because people don't like to think. And one of the main thrusts of the, the rebellion that happened back in the 60s and 70s were people were accusing other people of not thinking about things and just letting things slide. In other words, they were... They were ticked off that uh, people believe the government. People believe the man. They used to call the government the man. You know, you believe the man, and then you go the wrong way. And um, and the same people that used to accuse others of believing the man have become the man. Okay, uh, the hippies that once rebelled uh, have become the people that are in power now, um, or people that are akin to the hippies that were or back then. Um, the hippie movement didn't last very long. Um, yes, there still are hippies around. All you got to do is go down to Eugene. They're all over the place. Um, but they're usually in, in uh, segmented areas of society because yeah, they like to hang around each other um, for obvious reasons that I'm not going to go into. But um, so anyway, um, <coughs> pardon me. I've had a few encounters with people that have really ticked me off because people believe the narrative and they won't study for themselves to see if what they're being told is right or wrong or if they're being deliberately lied to. They would rather, um, 
I've, I've accused church people of this too, many times in the past. Uh, you sit there in a pew and you listen to the pastor and you believe everything he says. And believe me, there are pastors like our current pastor. Well, I'll sit there and I'll believe what he says, but I always check things with scripture. And we tell everybody that listens to the radio show, you know, check everything that we say with scripture because we're not infallible. Okay. But um, there are people out there, there are forces out there in this world that are deliberately lying to people for selfish reasons and for uh, political motivations that um, uh, they're trying to change this country into something that it was never intended to be. And people are buying it hook, line, and sinker. And this crap has got to stop. It's really got to stop. People got to wake up and start questioning authority. And that's what the whole thing in the 60s and 70s was, question authority. Okay, but now the ones that used to be yelling out question authority are telling us, well, we're the authority. Don't question us. Well, I'm sorry. That doesn't work. You know, if you yelled it out back in the 60s and 70s, I'm going to do it in the the 2000s and the 2010s. You know, Uh, what right is right and and right will always be right and wrong will always be wrong. Okay, and um, so anyway, people that believe this narrative about uh, social distancing and um, wearing masks and, and everything else um, have not done their done studying. They've let others do studying for them. They believe people like this Dr. Fauci, who ought to be drawn and quartered, um, and maybe he will be someday because he seems to be getting on the wrong side of history. Um, and you have all these other morons that are out there that are that are um, politically biased and and frankly I'm going to come out and say it frankly a lot of this is to, to sway the election in November and I saw something on um, one of the social media things today and it said uh, COVID will no longer be a problem on November 4th and isn't that the truth you know, COVID is a big problem right now. It's all Donald Trump's fault, even though Donald Trump has done everything he could possibly do to uh, to provide resources for the medical community. Um, he uh, stopped travel from China at first, and then he stopped it from European nations where where COVID was um, running rampant. Um, he's done everything humanly possible he can, but still, you know, um, Trump did, Trump is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, you know. Um, you know, there's, there's no way that, that he could burp right. He could fart right. There's, there's no way that he could, uh, do anything right in the eyes of some people. And all I got to say is when you live in a glass house, you shouldn't throw stones people because it's going to be pointed out that you're just as corrupt. No, no, I'm not saying Trump is corrupt, but you are corrupt. And, and when you're pointing one finger, there's three pointing back at you. I love that phrase. And it's so true. Just take your hand right now and point at something at the wall or something and look at your hand. You probably have your hand like a, like a, like a gun, you know, with the trigger, your thumb is the trigger, your index finger is pointing forward and there's three other fingers pointing back. You know, you might be one of those rare people that points with your entire hand. Well, you're odd if you do that. Anyway, um, so people buying this narrative, it's just really ticking me off. And I, I really applaud people and that, that don't buy the narrative. And, and the average person that, if you talk with them, at least in rural Oregon, now this, this is going to be different in Eugene and Portland where everybody buys into the narrative. Everybody takes the blue pill and they down it with the Kool-Aid, with the poison Kool-Aid. But um, 
anybody that has common sense and you know, uh, I lived in cities a long time for my, most of my life. And we used to think that, uh, that people that lived in rural areas were country bumpkins and didn't know anything. Well, boy, is that a fallacy? The people that have live out on farms and stuff are the ones with the clear heads and the ones that can think clearly and, and can deduce things without any political or social bias. Um, it's the people that live in the cities that have the problem. Believe me, I haven't lived in cities and now living out in a rural area. I know. I know this for a fact. Um, you have to be, well, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> anyway, um, so encounters I've had. I've had encounters with people on Facebook ad nauseum. Um, there was one lady that was on there, and she was complaining that people didn't want to wear their masks going into a local Safeway store. Well, now uh, Commissar Brown has it uh, a new rule in effect that you have to wear a mask everywhere. But this was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, this is before she came out with her new communist edict. Um, and this one woman was complaining, saying that, oh, she's she's got some kind of uh, – uh, disease where you know she can't be around people i think she described it as an autoimmune disease and then she she refuses to be around people that don't wear masks because they could carry covid-19 well i i reminded her much to her disdain and and i really ticked her off i said you've had this problem all these years so anytime that somebody has the flu if somebody had if there was chickenpox going around you can't go outside you know if you're that afraid to go outside, then stay inside, have somebody else go do your shopping. Because if you're going to live in fear, then that's that's something that you, that's your problem. Um, I'm not going to be kowtowed to um, to live by your fear, you know. And of course, she didn't like that. And there were some people that applauded it, and some people that didn't. Um, and I think the people that applauded it were about uh, two. To, it was about two to one in favor of what I said, but. Um, you know, dang it! If if you got a problem with uh, autoimmune stuff, then uh, you got to be careful. I I know some guy that um, last year he uh, he had a little accident or a big accident, I guess if you look at it that way, um, to where he damaged his spleen. Well, from the rest of his life, because part of his spleen is dead now, for the rest of his life he's going to have to be careful everywhere he goes. If there's a uh, an epidemic that breaks out, he's going to have to self-quarantine. Um, if something breaks out, if something starts going around his workplace, he's going to have to work from home or um, he's going to have to go in during hours when there's not a lot of people there, all because of that. And he's perfectly willing to make those sacrifices, okay, because he knows that his problem should not be cast upon everybody else in his workplace. Just like this woman should realize that her problem should not be the problem of everybody else. I feel bad for her that she's got an autoimmune disease. I really do. I wish she didn't have it. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord would take it away and heal her. But at the same time, don't force me to live because of your restrictions. That's unfair to me. It's unfair to everybody else. And, yeah, well, anyway, she didn't like that. Um, another thing that happened, um, and I've talked about this on a couple of different radio shows that uh, Jim and I and Eric have had, and now Brian, um, is that uh, one day um, before the uh, 
the forced mass restrictions outside, outside and inside now, but believe it or not. Um, yeah, you can't go outside without a mask now either. Um, according to Commissar Brown. Um, but, um, uh, my my wife at the, uh, was I don't know something about her shoes were wearing the wrong way on her feet and she was getting a blister and I says okay you go sit in the yogurt shop we were gonna go there anyway I'll go around the corner bring the truck around the front and I'll park close so that when you come out we could just hop in the truck and go well I went around the corner now picture this sidewalk the sidewalk's about thirty feet wide maybe more this woman was walking on the on the um, pavement side and I was walking almost against the building. This woman saw me. She had her two children with her and she had a mask on and they both had masks on. She saw me without the mask and like I was a leper or something, she pulled the kids to the side to walk behind her almost in the parking lot so that they wouldn't be near me. Way over six feet. <laughs> okay. And uh, I took an affront to that. I didn't say anything to her. Boy, I wanted to really bad. But, you know, when a woman's with her kids, you don't want to embarrass her. You know, that's the last thing you want to do is cast a woman in a bad light when her kids are with her. And, and the same thing for a father. You know, you wait till you can talk to the adult uh, by yourself without the kids present. Um, and that's a good lesson to learn if you don't know that. <laughs> You know, if you're going to have a discussion with an adult, wait till they're alone, not in front of the kids, because the kids look up to their parents. Even if their parents are scum, uh, kids look up to their parents, and you don't want to cast the parents in a bad light, even though they probably deserve it. But, you know, we got to work with decorum here and, and try to be good citizens one towards another, you know. And by by doing that, you're showing them the right way to act, and you're showing their kids the right way to act. So anyway, uh, so uh, it was about probably about a month ago, maybe even longer, when these things happened. And um, uh, about that time, we were in Costco, and 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 Costco for a while had turned down or actually closed their uh, their kitchen. Uh, there's some pretty good food at Costco. That's one of the reasons we got the membership. You can pick up a pizza for fairly cheap, and uh, I mean, if you have a party, you could uh, you could uh, feed everybody up to you know, 30 or 40 people. Oh, you can't do that anymore. I'm sorry because of the COVID in Cape Brown. Uh, but anyway, if you could, uh, you could you could um, feed a lot of people for pretty cheap. But um, Anyway, so they opened the food court back up. Not really the court, but where you could buy food. You still had to go outside and eat. And um, so we decided we were just going to get, um, I was going to get a couple or a piece of pizza because they're one piece of their pizza is like a quarter of the pizza. Um, it's awesome, actually. But uh, one of these days I'm going to write a book about good places to eat um, in this area anyway and in other areas I've lived. Uh, if those places are still open, God knows only now because uh, because of COVID-19, a lot of places had to close and some are not reopening. But anyway, um, so they had the little X's on the floor. Uh, you know, they're all supposedly six feet apart. Although I, I doubt that's the person sometimes that lays those things out. He knows how to use a tape measure because sometimes they seem like they're 10 feet apart and other times it seemed like they're about four feet apart. But anyway... Um, there was an Asian gal in front of us and, uh, we were in, I think we were in Salem at the time and, uh, at the Costco there. And, uh, so I guess we weren't standing right on the X mark, the one that was behind her X mark. 
And she kind of turned around and shot me a dirty look. And I shot her one back. Sorry, but, you know, if you're going to say something to me, use some words and say, hey, do you mind getting back on, just moving back a little bit? I'm a little uncomfortable. That would have been perfectly well. But to shoot a dirty look, you know, I'm sorry. But uh, um, anyway, uh, (laughs) okay. Now, I've noticed that Her Highness Kate Brown, uh, Commissar Brown, uh, Comrade Brown, uh, whatever way you want to put it, uh, Nazi uh, party leader Brown, um, when she makes her speeches, doesn't wear a mask. Now, that's probably because you can't understand people when they wear masks. And, well, that's tough because the rest of us have to do it. She should have to do it. And every time I see her making these speeches, no mask. I'm sorry, but, you know, they're saying that this thing now it can aerosolize and it can it can go farther than six feet. So, I mean, her own people aren't telling that. And what about all the protesters that were up in Portland and are still up in Portland and are protesting and aren't wearing masks and they're violating the six-foot rule? Okay, so you can't go to church because you might violate the six-foot rule, but you can go out and protest and burn things and throw rocks and bricks at cops and stuff like that, and it's okay not to wear a mask. See, this has all got a political lean towards it, all of it. Um, if she if she gave a damn about the the people of Oregon, she would she would um, arrest those people that were breaking that law. But then they've tied the hands of the police because the police are evil, according to the people of Portland. And um, anyway, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, man, there's so many things I'd like to say, but I would come across as sounding mean and evil, and I'd be called a hater and everything else, and. Frankly, I've had enough of that for for one week, and um, I prefer not to be uh, labeled that because of one radio show. I'll let uh, let that uh, dog lie there for a little while. And um, but see, if people studied things, they would they would understand things that um, that we live in a world where uh, entropy reigns. And what's entropy? Basically, entropy things uh, is, uh, I think, it's second law of thermodynamics. And entropy says that anything um, that anything that exists is in, is in a state of degradation. It's in a state of um, becoming lesser. Um, good examples: uh, wood, wood here in Oregon. If you make a wood fence, it's ridiculous because in three or four years, it's it's rotted out. Um, your car, if you live in an area where it rains a lot or where it snows, you know, the salt and the water wreak havoc on a car and they rust out. Things are in entropy unless they are acted upon it by an outside force. It's the rest of that law. Okay. But things that are left on their own are in entropy and they're slowly degrading into, um, basal forms. Uh, by that, I mean, uh, if you leave uh, metal out long enough, and I'm talking about iron or steel or anything like that, you leave it out long enough and it rusts and it turns back into the uh, to iron oxide and uh, ceases to be the iron bar that you had or the rebar or, or the sword that you once used. Um, if you used a sword or bayonet or whatever, you know, hunting knife, axe head, um, whatever you you want to put in there, but um, anyway, so people are the same. We we all grow older. Our bodies start to act stranger as we get older. Things start not working right. 
We become more susceptible to disease and organ failure and things like that. And ultimately we die. Okay. Um, and viruses and bacteria and things also suffer from entropy. Um, you hear a lot of times, oh, the virus is mutated. Um, bacteria for the most part don't mutate. Um, cause they're, they're, well, they just don't for some reason. They're, um, there are like, let's, let's say tuberculosis, you know, tuberculosis sometimes, um, mutates into a worse form. But, um, for the most part, it stays the same. And it's not really a worse form. It just becomes, it adapts. It's an adaptation. It adapts to the antibiotics that are given to fight it. And those antibiotics don't work anymore, so they have to find stronger antibody, antibiotics that work. So it's a mutation that acts in the favor of the um, tuberculosis. But um, in reality, it's still tuberculosis, and it still is fightable. Okay. Um, so you'll hear... Um, things about, uh, like the flu, the flu, the, the flu virus has mutated this year. Um, or COVID-19, uh, has uh, mutated. I've heard that, you know? And what they don't explain to you is that there, there is a law to mutation. Okay. And that law, um, I don't know the exact words to it, so I'm going to paraphrase, but things that mutate, uh, mutations are usually 99.999% fatal or fatal to an organism or they, or inhibits its uh, reproductive ability. Okay. 99.999. Okay. There's still that little percent where a mutation is, and, and that's why evolution is impossible because think of the billions of uh, mutations that would have to happen to turn from um, something from a, a one single celled animal that just so happened to appear in a, in a, um, pile of goo somewhere billions of years ago, uh, to where we are in the present day. Just look at the complexity of anything in the human body, the liver that can regenerate itself, the, uh, the marvel of the eye, the cell itself is, uh, is something that, uh, is like a small city. Each, each one of your cells is like a small city. It, uh, it manufactures things. It has refuse. It gets rid of. It creates energy. It uses that energy and everything else. So the billions, maybe even trillions or quadrillions of mutations that would have to happen to get from a single-celled animal to a, um, a homo sapien, a human being, um, it's, there's just not enough time. So... It's a good argument for a special creation. But um, so you hear about the COVID-19 mutating. Well, if it's going to mutate, it's probably going to become less effective. It's not going to be as, as virulent as it was before. And if you start looking at the news, yes, they're still reporting, oh, yeah, there's 125 new cases of COVID. But the deaths, they don't tell you about the deaths or if they do. Look at the deaths or the mortality rate. The mortality rate is getting lower and lower and lower because this thing is mutating into something that the human body is able to fight easier. Okay. So people that got it back in January got a more virulent, um, that's a hard word to say at this hour, uh, strain of it. But it's mutated several times to where it's not as virulent as it was back then. 
and um, humans are able to fight it now a lot easier than they were back then, and more people are surviving than uh, in the beginning. So, yeah, see, they never mentioned that. Um, so anyway, uh, let's see. Let's got that, got that, got that. Um, another thing about mutations is um, uh, the human. Uh, the human genome has mutated, uh, and I know I'm going off on a little branch here, but I just want to prove something. Um, it used to be, before the flood, everybody goes, oh, who, was, who did Cain marry? You know, who did um, um, Seth marry? You know, and uh, because the, you, there's only two possibilities. There were other human beings on the earth at the time. Or Adam and Eve had more sons and daughters, which the Bible says they did. And um, if you if you read the lore, you go into the folklore of um, of the creation story and uh, the first inhabitants of the earth, human inhabitants of the earth. You find out that uh, Abel had a sister, and so did Cain. Okay, and uh, you also find out the reason that um, Cain slew Abel was because. Uh, Cain wanted to marry Abel's sister, but Adam and Eve didn't think that Cain was worthy of her because Adam had a twin sister, supposedly. And um, in the long run, he ended up marrying his own sister. Oh, you're going, oh, oh well, that, that can't happen because because of mutations. You know, that if people do that nowadays, well, yeah, that nowadays, that would happen. Mutations happen quite readily. That's why um, here in the United States, in most of the states, you you can't marry anybody that's any um, lesser than the third cousin, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, you can. The, the chances of having a child with birth defects decreases with every generation that you you move along. Every um, every step that you take in the cousin tree, so to speak, um, there's less and less a chance. Um, so and you, and you could you know let's say that you had an uncle, um, and you know you, you, your father's brother or your mother's brother for that matter, and uh, you wanted to marry your first cousin. Well, if you and your father both have let's say the gene for for MS for multiple sclerosis, well the chance of you having an offspring that has that is much greater because you married your cousin, you know your first cousin. And you both probably carry that gene, but as as the time goes on and as uh, the we move up the the cousin tree, so to speak, um, that becomes less and less because um, your second cousin intermarried with a, a person from a totally different family, maybe somebody from a totally different culture or country, and where that and they don't have that uh, MS gene uh, potential, and uh, so the chances of you have an offspring that gets MS is uh, slim to none. You might still carry it, but your your uh, your uh, significant other, uh, your wife, or uh, if you're living with some gal or something, um, which delusion resistance does not condone, but, um, you know, that's between you and God as far as I'm concerned. But um, anyway, it's less and less. So anyway... Yeah, so before the flood, there was uh, very little uh, tampering or tainting of the uh, the human genome. 
And also, um, after the flood, uh, conditions on the earth were a lot different. Uh, supposedly before the flood, there was a canopy above the earth, and um, that canopy was uh, made out of water, and water filters out a lot of the harmful rays that come from the sun. Um, if you go down 30 feet, if you could live 30 feet under under uh, the water in the sea or something like that, you'd have much less of a chance of uh, ultraviolet rays uh, affecting you and giving you skin cancer and stuff like that. So water um, absorbs a lot of those rays or defracts them so that they don't get to the earth. However, after the flood, that's not there anymore. And that's why, also why I, you know, I speculate that God allows us to eat animals after, after the flood because um, the animal proteins and the animal oils and everything else that we absorb from eating animals helps us to protect ourselves um, and our bodies from all the harmful rays that we receive from the sun. Um, anyway, I've gotten way off a subject here. So, um, anyway, so the, the main thing that they're, they're concerned about now is social distancing. Um, they, basically, if you have a family that's bigger than 10 people, they don't want you getting together and you could be fined for it. Um, there was, uh, two taverns here in Oregon. I can't remember where they were. And the people were kind of just blowing off wearing masks. And I can't blame them. I would do the same thing. If nobody else in there wanted to wear one, I wouldn't wear one. But of just like back in Nazi Germany, back in the 1930s and 40s, there were informants and somebody narked on these two bars. And now they're, gonna, they're being investigated. And they'll probably have to pay a fine because they decided that freedom was more important than um, fear. But one person decided that they were going to throw a wrench into that works. Um, and you're going to see more and more of that. Um, remember a story? Um, if you read the scriptures, there's, there was a story about in Daniel about um, an edict going out from, I think it was from Nebuchadnezzar, uh, where he said that he didn't, he built a statue for himself and everybody had to worship the statue and that nobody else could worship another God. Well, Daniel, uh, um, yeah, that's what I throw him in the yeah. So uh, Daniel was overheard praying to Yahweh, and uh, somebody narked on him, and he was thrown into the lions. Then, well, then you know the story that that God intervened and the lions didn't eat Daniel, and and Nebuchadnezzar saw that and praised God. Um, but so you know, in every culture, you have your people that that nark on people and stuff like that, and it's going to get to that point. Where if you're, you know, there sooner or later Christianity is going to become illegal here in the United States. It really is, and or, or strongly disfavored. And there are going to be tons of people who are going to turn their neighbors in. Yeah, mark my words, that's going to happen, and it's probably going to be in our lifetime, my lifetime. For and uh, if you're younger than me, definitely your lifetime. Um, so um, the mass thing, we were talking about that. Um, now, there are measures that you can take to not catch a lot of different things. And and one of the most stringent ones is washing your hands. My goodness, at work, uh, I wash my hands. That must be every five minutes or even sooner than that. And, and you know, it gets to the point where my knuckles are so cracked that they start to bleed. And I got to start using lotion on my knuckles because you don't want to have open sores when you work in the medical field. So, um, I've learned to be a lotion user, although I don't like using that stuff. But, um, 
anyway, uh, so washing hands is very important and or using, uh, 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 what is it, uh, that it smells like alcohol. It's like a gel that you use on your hands and it's an antibacterial gel. Um, and it's got to be a certain percent of alcohol too, or else it doesn't kill the COVID or other viruses or bacteria. But anyway, um, so washing your hands is more important than anything else. And, um, but it can become tedious and you can forget to do it. Another thing is not touching your face. Oh, for goodness sakes, even, you know, not even in the medical field, if you're out there and you touch anything, don't touch your face, don't touch your nose, don't touch your mouth, and don't touch your eyes. And the eyes are, are going to factor into this in a minute because it's something that they're not having us protect. But um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, hand, hand cleanliness is very important. Um, I have a habit of when I come home from work, because I work where there's a possibility of COVID, I wash my clothes. Clothes go right into the washing machine, especially my shirt. Anything from above the waist goes right into the washing machine um, because I don't want to, to spread that. I don't want to leave it somewhere where my wife might touch it or something. And once it's been through the washer uh, with all that soap and everything and it's been through the dryer, I'm pretty sure that uh, any COVID or any other back or bacteria or virus that's on it is dead. Um, so that's that's a comforting thought. But um, anyway, uh, so let's get get to this mass thing. Now, there there are things in our bodies called mucous membranes, and the ones that you really got to worry about when it comes to COVID is, like I said, is your mouth, because your mouth is just one big group of mucous membranes, and most of us, I hate to admit it, are not very proficient in, in keeping our teeth clean and our gums bleed. And man, you, you touch something in your mouth after you've touched something that's got COVID on it, it's going to go right into your bloodstream. Okay. Another thing is your nose. You have no idea. Uh, actually, those of you who get bloody noses know, but uh, many of us don't. And, uh, but inside of your nose, just right underneath the surface, there are blood vessels all over the place. And all you got to do is flick your nose, touch your nose anywhere, and you're putting yourself in danger of catching it because it goes into the mucous membranes and it goes into your bloodstream. Um, but what they don't mention a lot, because the, because you can, um, your mouth and your nose can kind of be protected by wearing a mask, but not your eyes. And if you've had any kind of eye infection or you've, um, if you've cried, you know that when you cry, your nose gets all stuffed up. <clears throat> That's why, you know, you always see the woman crying and the guy handing her a handkerchief um, or a guy crying, whatever. But uh, anyway, um, so your eye is connected to your nose. You, your eyes have tear ducts and those tear ducts um, release tears. But they also there's also ducts that go down into your into your nose and into your throat from your eyes. So if you touch something that's got COVID in it and you rub your eyes, well, bam, there you go, right there. You know, you've got a, basically a river that's running from your eyes into your nose and down your throat. So, but 
they don't address that when it comes to the droplet precautions and everything and the aerosolation of, of, uh, supposedly of COVID. The eyes are never brought up. And, um, man, it's a, it's a main gateway, you know? And so wearing a mask to protect yourself might make you feel better. And it may even help to keep the, uh, the COVID from getting into you or the virus or whatever COVID is. Cause I'm not convinced it's a virus. Um, but, um, you know, it, not protecting the eyes somehow is, um, is foolish. It really is. It's, it's, I compared it earlier to, uh, wearing a mask is like wearing a, is like wearing a condom that has, um, uh, breather holes in it or, uh, breathing ducts in it. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Because the COVID is going to get in your eyes, just like the, uh, the sperm would escape from the condom when you're using it, right? Um, it, it's, it's a foolhardy thing. And, uh, and to think that you can't get it just because you're wearing a mask. Um, and you people that are out there that are wearing homemade masks or, you know, Sally down the street has made you a mask and, you know, it's, it's five layers thick with, with fabric. I'm sorry, but, <laughs> um, when you when you look at the size of the virus or whatever it is, they're saying it's a virus, so we'll go with that. But if you look at the size of it and the size of the holes in the fabric, you're you might as well just not wear a mask. You know, the only thing that's going to protect you is an M95 mask, and and uh, they're really hard to come by. So, um, wearing wearing one of those homemade masks or is you know is is akin to not wearing a mask at all. So, and and what a hypocrite you are if you sit there wearing that thing and you judge somebody for not wearing a mask, because all you're doing is you're reassuring yourself falsely that you're protecting yourself, but you're not really protecting yourself. So, you're wearing that condom with the hole in it, so to speak. So, um, I found this website, and because I didn't want to find just any website. <laughs> Um, because I know that, um, you know, if I went to Wikipedia, oh, well, you went to Wikipedia, you know, you can't trust Wikipedia. Or if I went to some guy's blog site, even though if he was a doctor or something, well, it's a blog site. You can't trust that. Well, I went to this. It's the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And boy, if you're going to argue with them, then you got bigger problems than, than wearing a mask. Okay. Um, this article was written June 1st, 2020. So it's fairly recent. It's not from back in January when we didn't know as much as we do today. Um, but we still don't know anything today. So it's, you know, I, I just wanted to pick something that was closer in date. Uh, please excuse me while I drink a little bit of coffee to wet my throat a little bit here. Throat wetted, mission accomplished. I think coffee is a, is a cure for COVID too. I think it, really helps. I don't know why. Um, but I'm, you know, if you're going to believe that a mask is protecting you, I can believe that drinking a cup of coffee is protecting me. So how about that? Okay. This article was, says it was curated by Marilyn M. Singleton. She's an MD and she's got the initials JD behind her name too. I don't know what that means. Um, transmission of SARS COVID virus two. Um, she says, note, a COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 particle 
is 0.125 micrometers. Influenza virus is size is 0.08 through 0.12 micrometers. A human hair is about 150 micrometers. And that's a fine human hair. That's not what some of us have. Um, okay. Then she's got an asterisk. Uh, one nanometer equals 0.001 micron. 1,000 nanometers equals one micron. A micrometer uh, is the preferred name for, for a micron. Uh, it's an older term. So... Um, Anyway, uh, one meter is one billion nanometers or one, uh, one million microns. Okay. Then she goes into droplets. Okay. First bullet point. Viruses transmitted through respiratory droplets produce when an infected person coughs, sneezes, or talks. So if you got somebody's got the COVID and they're, they're the town gossip, stay away from them. Um, Larger respiratory droplets greater than five uh, micrometers remain in the air for only a short time and travel only short distances, generally less than a meter, which is three feet. They fall quickly to the ground. There's a sub uh, bullet here. This The idea guides the CDC's advice to maintain at least six foot distance. Um, next bullet point, virus laden small, less than five micrometer Aerosolized droplets can remain in the air for at least three hours and travel long distances. Um, that's why wearing a mask outside is ludicrous um, because you get a good wind up and that thing can blow for a few miles. But don't forget, these things die if they don't find a host pretty soon. So um, anyway, and then it talks about air currents. First bullet point, in air-conditioned environment, these large droplets may travel farther. Yeah, because you have forced air blowing things around, right? Uh, second bullet point, however, ventilation, even the opening of an entrance to a door in a small window can dilute the number of small droplets to one half after about 30 seconds. The study looked at droplets from uninfected persons. This is clinically relevant because poorly ventilated and populated spaces like public transport and nursing homes have higher SARS-CoV-2 disease transmission despite physical distancing. And why don't we just look at this for a second? Because they're telling us all to stay in our houses, right? Yet this article is saying going outside is better. But they want to lock us up in our houses. And all throughout history, when there's been a quarantine, folks, you quarantine the sick people, not the healthy ones. Okay, so this is a setup to get more people sick. Okay, um, enough said about that. It says objects and surfaces. Bullet point one, persons, person-to-person touching, shaking hands. We don't do that anymore at work. We bump elbows. Okay, um, bullet point two. The CDC's most recent statement regarding contracting COVID-19 from touching services based on the data from lab studies on COVID-19 and what we know about similar respiratory diseases, it may be possible that a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it and then touching their own mouth, nose, and possibly their eyes. I say definitely their eyes. 
The agency wrote, but this isn't thought to be the main way the virus spreads. Okay, and let's stop there um, for a second. Uh, most cases where people have died from COVID-19, the infection has gone down to their lungs, which means the people have breathed it in. And it's gone through their airway and down into their lungs. So that's what they're talking about there. Touching the surfaces and touching your nose, eyes, or, or um, mouth. Yes, you can get it that way, but you can get it easier if you breathe it in. And it goes down into your lungs and it settles in there. Man, I was looking at pictures yesterday of people that had uh, lungs that, you know, they did autopsies and wasn't a pretty picture. And uh, also with the... Um, the blood clotting, too. That's very interesting. But I think blood clotting happens a lot of times, even with the flu. And that's why they tell you drink lots of water, lots of fluids when you get the flu. Doctors will always tell you that. And it's very good advice because you want to overload your your, your system with a, lot of, um, with a lot of water, a lot of fluids, so that your kidneys work harder because that's how you flush out this crap. Okay. Uh, maybe that's not a good way to put it because crap comes from the other orifice, but that's how you flush out the, the viruses and the waste product from the viruses and your body fighting the viruses is through your urine. Okay. So if you drink more water, plus if you put more water into your, um, into your veins and your body, it goes into your veins, um, there's less chance for clotting. And they're finding out that taking aspirin is a good idea too when you come down with this. Um, just like you would for a heart ailment, one one eighty milligram tablet a day. I'm not prescribing that. I'm just saying that's what I've read. Okay. Now there's another large bullet point here. It says a Chinese study with data taken from swabs on services around the hospital. Um, then we go to a, um, a kind of a sub bullet, and then a bunch of small so smaller bullets. Anyway, uh, this next bullet says the services were tested with the PCR which is polymerase uh, chain reaction test, which uh, greatly amplifies the viral genetic material if it's present. That material is detectable when a person is actively infected. This is thought to be the most reliable test. Um, and then the smaller bullet points, the things they tested, computer mouse uh, in the ICU, uh, 75%. Um, in the general ward, 20%. Uh, trash cans in the ICU, 60%. Um, had, had the COVID virus. That's what I mean by that. Sick bed handrails, 42.9%. Even after they've been wiped down, um, you know, just a few hours later or an hour later, uh, 42.9%. Doorknobs. Um, 8.3%. And if you work in a hospital or if you've been in one recently, you notice that they're wiping everything down. Um, I'm surprised that they don't make us go into a room and make a shower and disinfectant. Uh, maybe I just gave somebody an idea that I didn't want. Um, anyway, here's another a bullet point with other sub bullet points underneath it. 81.3 of the miscellaneous uh, personal items were positive. And some of those items are exercise equipment, medical equipment, uh, the spirometer, pulse oximeter, uh, nasal cannula, cannula, many people say, PCs and iPads, reading glasses, 
Cellular phones, 83% positive for viral RNA. Keep your phone in your pocket and don't use it when you're at work. Okay, remote controls for in-room TV, 64.7% positive. Toilets, 81% positive. Room surfaces, 80.4% of all sampled percent. Um, Bed tables and bed rails, 75%. Window ledges, 81.8%. Plastic, it can last on it up to two to three days. Stainless steel, the virus can live two to three days. Cardboard, up to one day. Copper, up to four hours. Um, Floor, I want to go back to that in a second. Floor, uh, the gravity causes droplets to fall on the floor. Half of the ICU workers all had the virus on the bottom of their shoes. Interesting that copper fights this thing. Um, it makes you wonder about the spiritual component of, of this disease, or excuse me, this infection, uh, because copper is what they used to use to fight the Nephilim. It seemed to be the only thing the uh, Native Americans found out that copper was the only thing that uh, killed these things. Um, so there's properties of copper that are very important. So... Um, Throw away the um, the lead bullets and get um, a ja- a copper jacketed uh, bullets. <laughs> um, anyway, filter efficiency and fit. I guess talking about mass data from the University of Illinois at Chicago Review. Okay, HEPA or high efficiency particulate air filters, uh, 99.97 to 100% efficient. HEPA filters are tested with particles that are 0.125 micrometers. So they're smaller than the, the, the holes are smaller than the virus, so can't get through. Okay, masks and respirators work by collecting particles through several physical mechanisms, including diffusion for small particles and inception and impaction for large particles. N95 filtering fa- uh, face piece respirators, FF bars, are constructed from um, electric, a dielectric uh, material that has quasi-permanent electric charge. Uh, an electric, uh, electret, excuse me, is spelled E-L-E-C-T-R-E-T, uh, generates internal and external electrical fields, so the filter material has electrostatic attraction for additional collection of all particle sizes. As flow increases, particles be collected less efficiently. See, and that's another thing, because we have to wear those stupid surgical masks at work. They won't let us wear anything else. And what, you don't, what they don't realize, and maybe they do and they just don't care, is that after you've been wearing a mask for, let's say, four hours, a lot of condensation comes out of your mouth. Okay? But they even say that. That's where breathing is one of the mechanisms for spreading this virus, right? So you got this condensation coming out of your mouth, and it it kind of um, saturates your mask with um, with fluid. So if it happens to get through the mask, that's why I change my mask out about every four hours at work. Um, but if you happen to wear your mask for a ten hour shift. What you're doing is actually you're creating a river for the virus to get through that mask. Okay. 
because especially those surgical masks, they're, they're garbage and they don't work worth a damn. But, um, so the virus can basically swim upstream. It gets on the inside. You readjust your mask. It touches your nose or it touches your mouth or God forbid the, the edges of it touch right around your eye and bam, you know, there's no protection whatsoever. Okay. Um, Let's see, we just read that. N95, a properly fitted N95 will block 95% of tiny air particles down to 0.3 micrometers uh, from reaching a wearer's face. But even these have problems. Many have exhalation valves for easier breathing and less moisture inside the mask. Not a good idea. Uh, surgical masks are designed to protect the patient from surgeons' respiratory droplets. They aren't effective at blocking particulates smaller than 100 uh, micrometers. I keep wanting to say nanometers, but it's micrometers. Um, so they're basically bupkis. They just make you feel better, like you're wearing a mask and I'm doing my part. Okay. Filter efficiency was measured across a wide range of small particle sizes, 0.02 to 1 micrometer at 33 to 99 liters a minute, meaning the airflow. And at that, uh, N95 respirators had efficiencies greater than 95% as expected. T-shirts that a lot of people are using had 10% efficiency. Just don't wear a mask if you're going to wear a T-shirt over your face, okay? Or make a mask out of one. Scarves, 10 to 20% efficiency. Same thing. Eight, you know, that might sound like a lot, not, not a lot, but it's 80% chance it, that it's going to fail. Okay. Cloth mask, 10 to 30%. Sweatshirts, 20 to 40%. And towels, 40%. All of the cloth masks and materials had near zero efficiency at 0.3 micrometers. Uh, a particle size that easily penetrates into the lungs. So all you people that are out there condemning people for not wearing masks and you're wearing T-shirts, cloth masks, scarves, and everything else, you're you're some of the biggest hypocrites that ever walked the face of the earth. You don't know it, but now you do. So what are you going to do about it? Okay, another study evaluated 44 masks, respirators, and other materials with similar methods in small aerosols, uh, 0.08 to 0.22 micrometers. At that, N95 FFR um, filter efficiency was greater than 95%. Medical masks, 55% efficiency. Okay, so you have a half a, half a chance of getting... COVID wearing a medical mask, um, and the other, so you take it, your chances are 50 50 that it's going to work. Let's put it that way. General masks, I guess they're talking maybe about painting masks or something like that, 38%, and handkerchiefs, 2% at one layer, and 13% at four layers efficiency. Conclusion wearing masks will not reduce SARS COVID 2. N95 masks produce uh, protect healthcare workers, but are not re- recommended for source control transmission. Surgical masks are better than cloth, but not very efficient at preventing emissions from infecting patients. Cloth masks will be ineffective at preventing SARS-CoV-2 uh, transmissions, 
whether worn as a source control or as personal protective equipment. I'll say it again. If you mock somebody for not wearing a mask and you're wearing that crap, then you're a hypocrite. Um, Masks confuse uh may confuse the message that give people a false sense of security, like I just said. If masks had been in uh, had been in so- the solution in Asia, shouldn't they have stopped the pandemic before it spread elsewhere? Good point. The first randomized controlled trial cloth uh, masks. Um, and there's a link here. Sorry. Um, let's see. Penetration of the cloth mask by particulates was 97% and medical mask 44%. 3M V-Flex 9105 N95 0.1% penetration. A 3M 9320 N95 less than 0.01%. Moisture retention, reuse of uh, cloth mass and poor filtration may result in increased risk of infection. Like I said, you would create a river for for it to go through. Uh, the virus may survive on the surface of face masks. Self-contamination through repeated use and improper uh, doffing is possible. A contaminated cloth mask may transfer pathogens from the mask to the bearer's hands or the, to the bare hands of the wearer, I should say. Um, cloth masks should be re- not be recommended for healthcare workers, particularly in high-risk situations. And guidelines need to be created. Now, they're making it sound like all of society is a high-risk situation. So, um, anyway, take that into account when you're using your handkerchiefs or your bandanas. God, people piss me off sometimes. Um, a study of four patients in South Korea, and granted, this is only four patients, but still, it's a study. Uh, known patients infected with SARS-CoV-2. Um uh, and it's the same as COVID-19. They just call it 19 because it came out in 2019. Uh, wore mask and coughed into a Petri dish. Both surgical and cotton masks seem to be ineffective in preventing the dissemination of SARS-CoV-2 from the coughs of patients with COVID-19 to the environment and extreme mass surface. External mass surface, excuse me. A Singapore study, um, few people used masks correctly. Overall data were collected from 714 men and women. About half the sample were women, and all adult ages were represented. Only 90 participants, um, this is 12.6%, 95%. Um, CL 10.3% through 15.3% passed the virtual mask fit test. About three quarters performed strap placement incorrectly. 61 left with a visible gap between the mask and the skin. And about 60% didn't tighten the nose clip. <laughs> How do you keep it on if you don't tighten the nose clip? That's my question. Um, a, a 2011 randomized Australian clinical trial of standard and medical surgical masks Mask offered, proved that mask offered no protection at all from influenza, which could be a little smaller than the COVID-19 virus, but still. Um, conclusions from organizations, the World Health Organization, um, and there's a link here. 
advice to decision makers on use of masks for healthy people in community settings. As described above, the wide use of masks by healthy people in a community setting is not supported by current evidence and carries uncertainties and critical risks. We cited those above. Uh, medical masks should be reserved for healthcare workers. The use of medical masks in a community may create a sense of false security with neglect of other essential measures such as hand hygiene uh, practices and physical distancing and may lead to touching the face mask or the face under the mask and under the eyes uh, result in unnecessary costs and take and take masks away from those in the, in the healthcare industry who need them the most, especially when masks are in short supply. Um, masks are, uh, quotation marks for this, uh, masks are effective only when used in combination with frequent hand cleaning with alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. The WHO, who I don't like, um, acknowledges that most people do not use masks properly. Dr. Nancy Messonnier, director of the Center of National the Center for the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases. She's quoted as saying, we don't routinely recommend the use of face masks by the, by the public to prevent respiratory illness. Um, and that was said on January 31st. And we certainly are not recommending that at this time for this new virus. Center for Disease Control, the CDC, in March 5th of 2019 regarding the flu, Masks are not usually recommended for non-healthcare settings. However, uh, this guidance provides other strategies for limiting the spread of influenza viruses in the community, such as covering their nose and mouth when coughing or sneezing. If you don't do that, then, then you're schlemiel. Um, the use of tissues to contain respiratory secretions and after use to dispose them in the nearest waste receptacle and to perform hand hygiene, such as washing with non-antimicrobial soap and water and alcohol-based hand rub if soap and water are not available, after having contact with respiratory secretions and contaminations, objects, or materials. From the New England Journal of Medicine, we know that wearing a mask outside the healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Public health authorities define a significant exposure to COVID-19 as face-to-face contact within six feet with a patient with symptomatic COVID-19. In other words, somebody that's got a fever, a cough, and all the symptoms, or some of the symptoms, that is sustained for at least a few minutes, and some say more than 10 minutes or even 30 minutes. The chance of catching COVID-19 from passing interaction in a public space is therefore minimal in many cases. The desire for widespread masking is a reflective reaction to anxiety and over the, over the pandemic. Boy, I wish Kate Brown was listening to this right now. Final thoughts. Surgical mask, loose fitting. They are designed to protect patients from doctor's respiratory droplets. The wearer is not protected from other airborne particles. It's to protect other people from you. (laughs) Uh, Bullet point two, people do not wear masks properly. Most people have the mask under the nose. The wearer does not have glasses on or the eyes 
our uh, our portal of entry. Uh, no, number three, bullet point number three, the designer masks and scarves offer minimal protection. They give a false sense of security to both the wearer and those around the wearer, not to mention that they add perverse lightheadedness, lightheartedness, excuse me, to the situation. In other words, you're a fool. Um, next bullet point, if you're walking alone, no mask, avoid folks. That's common sense. Number uh, The next bullet point, remember, children under two should not wear a mask, accidental suffocation, and difficulty breathing in some. The next bullet point, if wearing masks makes people go out and get vitamin D, go for it. In the 1918 flu pandemic, people who went outside did better. Um, that's because your, your body produces vitamin D when you're out in the sunlight. Early reports are showing people with COVID-19 with low vitamin D do worse than those with normal levels. Perhaps this is why shut-ins do so poorly. You don't go outside, you don't get the sun, you don't make vitamin D. That's simple as that. And they go on, if you're sick, stay home. Um, additional resources, healthy people wear masks, should, should they or shouldn't they? Uh, this ER nurse with over two decades of experience took a deep dive into the science to find out. And there's a link here. And, you know, I didn't give you the link to this website that I just cited from. And I need to do that because I believe in citation. It's aapsonline.org forward slash mask dash facts, F-A-C-T-S forward slash. And then you can read the same article that I just read to you. And you can see that Kate Brown's edict and the edict of Gavin Newsom and all the other governors and all the other libtard states are uh, are basically for political control of you. And basically what they're doing is conducting an experiment to see how well you will listen and how well you will, well, will obey. And I don't know about you, but when I became 18, I became an individual that was answerable to myself, okay? <clears throat> That's a certain liberty that we're given, is that for responsible adults, we shouldn't have to answer to law authorities or governmental bodies. But then you have people like Kate Brown, Gavin Newsom, and uh, what is it, Cuomo in New York, and, and others that... Um, that think that that are using this basically to to test you like a lab rat to see if you'll obey them. Now, here's a caveat: Should you wear a mask or not? Anyway, well, if you're going to go out, let's say to eat at a restaurant, um, and I doubt that that's going to happen here much longer in Oregon because you can't have more than ten people in a social setting anymore, but. If you go there and it makes people feel more secure, then by all means, wear one. You know, I, I cited that woman earlier. And um, if I knew that she was going to be in Safeway, I would wear a mask. Okay. But I don't know the physical conditions. And HIPAA prevents me from knowing the physical conditions of everybody that's in that store. So unless somebody is, you know, is wearing a sign around them that says, I am immune compromised, please wear a mask. I don't think we should have to do it. Okay. 
Um, the needs of the many, <laughs> Star Trek, uh, again, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Okay. And I know that sounds cruel, maybe, and it sounds harsh, but it's true. Um, each of us is an individual, and if we band together as individuals and become a group, um, that group has to say. And that's, you know, you got all these liberals out there. Oh, we're a democracy. Well, that's what democracy says. It's, it's group rule, rule. It's mob rule. And you can't have it both ways. You can't have mob rule and, and have individual rights. You know, that's what the beauty of a republic is. That's what this country is. It's a constitutional republic. Beauty of a republic is that you're responsible for yourself. You're responsible to be responsible to not act out or endanger others to cause no harm, basically. And people can do that if they have a set of rules and guidelines to go by, but nobody wants to go by rules and guidelines anymore. Um, unless they're rules and guidelines that are set down by communists and leftists and and every other is that's out there. Um, so anyway, I, I kind of end going to end now because it's after two and I really want to go to bed. Um, but I just wanted to to run this by you um, to tell you that if you are being ordered to wear a mask, you're being controlled. You're part of a social experiment to see how far that they can. They can um, control you um, pretty soon. Well, actually, <laughs> it's even happening today. If you don't wear a mask <coughs> in in certain areas, you can get fined. That's where they hit you first in the pocketbook. And if that doesn't work, they start throwing you in jail. And recently, Kate Brown, our wonderful communist governess, um, mentioned that she wants to uh, suspend um, due process. Uh, what's due process? Due process guarantees you the right to a speedy trial. It guarantees you certain rights um, should you fall into uh, disrespute with um, with the law or public officials. Um, in other words, they have to obey the law too. But when they suspend that, they don't have to obey the law, but you do. So let's just say that uh, one day I decide, hey, I'm going to go to the courthouse and I'm not going to wear my mask. And I know that they want me to wear one there. But I'm an asthmatic, by the way, and I shouldn't have to wear a mask. Um, And let me tell you, it affects me bad. But um, so the the nice sheriff walks up to me and says, sir, you got to put your mask on. And I say, no, I'm not going to wear my mask. I'm an asthmatic. Well, you know, if you're an asthmatic and you can't wear a mask, you need to leave here. Well, I can't leave here because, you know, you guys want me here for a certain reason, whatever that is. Maybe to get my fingerprints taken so I could go to school or something. And I can't do it anywhere else. Well, you got to wear a mask. No, I can't wear a mask. Well, then, sir, I'm going to have to find you. Well, go ahead and find me. That's okay. Well, sir, now, if you're going to do be that way, we're going to arrest you. And we're going to put you in jail. And because of Kate Brown, I can remain in jail for up to six months past what um, what the law would normally put me in jail for, for breaking that law. Or, break, or you know, not obeying that police officer or that sheriff. And, uh, and then they can, you see, 
one of the the Republican senators here, um, or representative, I don't remember what he was. He says, well, if you're not breaking the law, you have nothing to worry about. Let me get another cup of coffee real quick or a drink. Well, you know what the answer to that is? They changed the law. Okay. There never was a law that you had to wear a mask, right, anytime. As a matter of fact, there was a time where if you wore a mask, people thought you were up to something. And someday somebody's going to put it together where they can use this um, to, um, you know, to to commit crimes and say, well, you told me to wear a mask. You know, in the past, you wore a mask, you were suspect. Now you wear, you don't wear a mask, you're suspect. See, everything's getting changed around 180 degrees. And um, so, anyway, um, these are all things that you need to think about, folks, if you haven't thought about them already. Start thinking, for goodness sake. Start asking questions. You know, if something doesn't seem right to you, question it. Research it. See if other people feel the same way you do. Maybe there's people out there with a um, some kind of list to get a law changed or to prevent a law from going into effect that's going to violate your rights. You know, um, do something for goodness sakes. Because if you don't do something, if we don't start doing stuff, we're going to get walked on even more than we are now. And these leftists, they like to make all these laws. You, you see Nancy Pelosi all the time doing all this stuff. Her and Chuck Schumer. Oh, we're going to make a law for this. We're going to make a law for that. You know, um, we're going to make, you know, <laughs> they must have tried to make 15 laws against Trump. Um, that would affect Trump in a negative manner, I should say. And they're, and they're making laws that affect you and I in negative manners. And if we don't speak up, then we're our own worst enemy. And if you're not going to do it for yourself and, and you're an adult, do it for your future family if you're not married. And if you're married, do it for your children. Do it for your grandchildren. Realize that they're going to have to live in a world that we leave them. And if we leave them a world that's all screwed up because we did nothing, then you're going to have to answer to God someday. Now, you may not believe in God, but believe me, you're going to answer to him someday. And I wouldn't want to be on his bad side, you know, and not protecting your family. Um Scripture says that a man that doesn't take care of his family is worth, worse than an infidel. And I don't want to be seen like that in his eyes or in the eyes of my peers either, you know. So anyway, think and act, please. We may not have many more chances to do it if we don't start thinking and acting soon and acting in the way that you think is the right way to act, then we may not have the chance to act anymore, okay? Um it's down to the wire. Freedom's on the line. Our future's on the line. The future of our children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and many generations to come is on the line. And if you do nothing, then you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. So having said that in a stern manner, I'm getting off this thing, and I'm going to bed. So you folks have a good night. You have a good day tomorrow and a good week. And we will see you next Monday, God willing, on Opposing the Matrix. And, uh, well, please think about what I said. <laughs> please, 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 please think about what I said. And um, and be a doer, not a hearer only, okay?
And that's my prayer in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, otherwise known as Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Good night.